Welcome to your typical Shonen protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kells, and today we're talking about Digimon Adventure Tri Reunion. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. We're talking about, you know, one of my favorite animes, one of my first animes, Digimon. So how could I not be great? Yeah, man, I feel it. Um, you and I have watched Digimon for damn near ever. Um, so to get to watch Digimon Adventure Tri Reunion, um, and certainly you have followed this project uh, well before I did, um, feels really good. This is a uh, like a tenth anniversary, or it's not a tenth it's anniversary. The but it's the fifteenth anniversary. Yeah, it's a it's a fifteenth anniversary project, um, where they make more Digimon, and then it follows a new story. In this case, it's the story of the original Digidestin, uh, from Digimon Adventure, as they are in high school and more grown up, and you know having lived. Uh, lives without Digimon after the experiences of Digimon Adventure. Yeah. Um, so it's the. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the um, direct three year sequel after the Battle of Mallow Myodismon at the end of Digimon Adventure 2 with the second group of Digidestins. It's three years into the future of that. Which we see in this film all of the second gen Digidestin get murdered. By Maya Malo Malodismon. Malo Malo Miodismon. Malo Miodismon. Yeah, there you go. That one. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, it's like this cool first we start like it's in common Digimon fashion. We got the two best characters in my opinion, Kari and Tiki Wow. Kari and Tai. Um, that's what it starts off with. We see that Kari is trying to wake up Ty. It's like, hey, you got soccer practice. And it's like this cool kind of homage to like the first movie where like Ty is going somewhere. So he's like trying to get the soccer practice. And then you got like this Digimon, like digital mix playing like what they did back in the OVAs, um, for the movies that came <laughs> out. It's like yes. this cool Digimon. It's like Digimon. And it's like kind of hints of all of them going in as you're seeing what's happening in the world of the future. And it's like a cool homage to like Digimon fans. Like I remember seeing this in theaters back in 2015. Um, and I was just like geeking out because I was like, yo, like nostalgia in my childhood. I feel like I've come full circle with this whole like vibe and doing this like five minute montage, just like Ty commuting to soccer in the world of Digimon like in the real world it's like this like pan of like the second generation digidestins just getting everything's red you just see them like falling minus kari and tk it's like davis yoli kin and cody yeah cody i always forget that dude's name don't care about cody (laughs) how how rude but i feel it i feel it um, but definitely, you know, it's like it feels good to be back with the OG, and then they're introducing us to the fact that four of the second gen Digidestin are getting presumably murdered um by some kind of silhouette of a monster of a mon we find later, um uh, Alpha Mon. Um it's like, okay, what is going on here? Why are you showing me these four kids getting murdered? Um, I guess, you know, timeline-wise, this might sync up. 
But also, like, in throughout the movie, we see that TK and Kari are with the OG to do Destin. So, you know, and they're supposedly uh, fucking Gen 2 Digidestin as well. So what's going on here? I'm sure that we will get more information later. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> I feel like it's writing wise, because you got to have, if you're having the OG anniversary, you got to have TK and Kari, because they were both a part of the original eight. Like, without them very factually, it would only be six. So even though, and I feel like that was one of the, I'm not going to like say <laughs> the downfalls of Adventure 2, because I don't know. First of all, I guess we need to figure out po- people's like Digimon rankings. Like mine personally, I d- I have Adventure One at the top, and I do not have Adventure Two following it. There's some stuff beneath it. And one of the things that I feel like takes away is that Kari and TK were still a part of that O2 cast. Like I get it as a way to keep them yeah. in tandem, but it just felt like they were riding on like. The coattails of season one with those characters. I don't know. So I never really liked yeah. that Kari and TK were part of the Gen 2 Diddy Destin, to be honest. I'm, I mean, I think it's perfectly fine, but I definitely agree with you. If if I was going to rank this stuff, it would go Digimon Adventure, the OG, then Tamers, then O2. That's fair. That's for fair. like the first three seasons. That's fair. Yeah. That's, I'll give you that. Like Tamers was... I used to think Tamers was the worst one, and then I like grew up and I was like, "Yo, Tamers was great." But anyway, yeah, like we could do, we could talk about Digimon for hours and hours. But back, we literally will. Um, <laughs> but back to like try though. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird that TK and Kari are not with that group. But like, I feel like plot writing wise, they had to not be with the group. We don't really get a reason. Why they're not, which I kind of would have liked that. I kind of would like to know why they're not fighting with their comrades. Yeah, um, but I, I definitely feel as though it's it's they are more siblings to characters from Gen 1 than they are like Gen 2 themselves. Yeah. So of a matter of importance, like they are definitely siblings to, you know, Gen 1. And that is why they are here, because yeah. they have to kind of be their own characters, but have, you know, relationships that are, you know, kind of unique and paralleled uh, for our main two characters with uh, with Ty and Matt. Yeah, and, you know, I love that. I love that they are good supporters of their brothers. Like, we see um, throughout this series, like, they're both here to support, like, because one of the things that are happening is, you know, Ty has a soccer game the same day that Matt's band um, Knife of Day it's having a perform- knife of day <laughs> knife of day or day of the knife oh my god it's like no i, I think it's a knife of day yeah knife it's of kod day. yeah oh my god kod not the kod that we wanted but the kod we deserved yeah man what happened to teenage wolf man they had come on according to matt they have creative differences like putting too much pepper in their ramen because that's creative differences according to you know ty but anyway, so um, we see Kari trying to support. I have a gripe with this, and I'm going to get into it. We see Kari trying to support Ty by saying, yeah, I'm going to come. Why don't you ask everybody else to come? And then TK being like, yeah, I'm going to come to your band. Like both of them supporting their brothers. But my gripe is that Kari has had a freaking all the time. She has a birthday party. In the movie, she had a birthday party. In the freaking 
this she has a birthday party like just her friends are horrible like Kari needs to stop her, putting her friends before her family her friends are horrible because she has friends outside of the ones we see on screen like bro <laughs> no i'm just saying there's always a birthday party man i remember when they were trying to fight um diaboramon in the first movie war game and they couldn't reach Kari because she was at a birthday party like and now Ty doesn't have any support in his non-existent soccer game that didn't happen because she's at a birthday party. All I'm saying was like even this is all just a setup to like make us feel like our team has grown apart when in reality the moment it goes to Gigi shit, everyone comes together like the fucking Avengers except for Joe, which you know, that's kind of Joe's story, I'm sur- sure. Um but like, yeah, every all of the events get canceled. The performance gets canceled. The game gets canceled because Kawaraman shows up out of nowhere. Um, and everyone's like, Digidestin, assemble. You know, thanks to uh, the assistance of the digital FBI yeah. of some manner. Um, but definitely like, like all of this setup is just so that we can go, okay, well, everything other than saving the universe is not important. Um, when it comes down to the fact that the universe is threatened. Yeah. We see that, you know, everything gets, and we see the TK, you know, being the player that he is, um, has to call a list of girls and cancel his, you know, invite to his brother's band. Um, but no, exactly. You're like, no matter what everybody's doing. They stop, like you said, with the exception of Joe. They stop what they're doing to show up and be a part of this battle. And coincidentally, because of how it works in writing, um, Agumon shows up at the last minute to save Tai when he's faced with Hawagamon. And this is classic Tai being Tai, man. In every iteration <laughs> of Digimon, like you had the OG Digimon where Tai has taken the stick and trying to beat Shellmon. Then you had, like, even in the most recent Digimon 2020, I believe it was, when Digimon Adventure 2020. Yeah, Digimon. When that man's putting the kung fu on him fucking Digimon Mm -hmm. with his own fists. Yes. I'm just like, this Mm -hmm. man, Ty, cannot be. And then even out here, he's like, I ain't got nothing but a bike, but let's go. Like, Ty is just the typical shonen protagonist, man. He is the absolute. Shonen. He's got the hair for it. He's got the goggles. He's got the, you know, cool way of thinking. Like, Ty is pinnacle Shonen protagonist, and no one can tell me otherwise. I refuse to budge on this subject. And just as Ty is typical Shonen protagonist, his opposite Matt is typical emo boy. He is like the Sasuke <laughs> of this. Like, this was the. For, yeah, man. Like, it's crazy the parallel that this is. Like, Matt's just like, you only get to decide that you can't fight. They need us. I'm sick of you, Ty. I'm going to walk away while you look into this explosion and just you being absolutely right. Oh, my God. So, one, let's talk about Matt right quick. I, I love and hate the fact that as we get more of Matt, and especially when we have Matt in his bedroom with um, Gabumon, we have him just playing the harmonica again. But at least in the English dub, it's like a synthesizer version of a harmonica. And I'm like, God damn you, Digimon Adventure. Try 
um, reunion. Like, you couldn't even have somebody play a harmonica <laughs> into a microphone. You had to play this shit on a synthesizer. Come on, man. They did, man. They said they had to get with the times. 2015 in this Some era. cat Casio keyboard harmonica shit. Oh but, my God. um... I mean, it was a nice callback to him being a sad bitch, um, but but definitely, like, I agree with your point. Like the 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 happy go lucky, you know, the the convicted, passionate, um, you know, protagonist in Ty is countered by the the sad boy, emotional, um, you know, strong uh, side, you know, not side character, but. Um, you know, counterpoint notorious in in Matt. Yes. You're gonna hit me with this very official word, <laughs> do tourist. Um but no, definitely like like they are um parallels to each other. Like the the yin and yang, the opposite side of the coin. Um which is why they work, you know. Yeah. Um even though this is the same kind of stuff we hashed out in Digimon Adventure the OG. Like why are we doing this again now that they're in high school? Because, you know, that's another thing. Digimon Adventure Tri Reunion deals with, like, it shows us it is a reunion of the cast and of the viewer coming back to Digimon after 15 years. Because at this point, we haven't had the other Digimon reboots and everything. We've had, we haven't seen our OG cast in 15 years, you know? Like, it's been that long. And seeing them again, you know, we've grown, so they kind of want to grow with us. Like, they're... They can't grow much because 15 years they would be absolute adults, and that's saved for Digimon the Last, which we will be watching as well. Just you wait. Um, but it shows, like, the maturity in it. There's the, you know, Ty seeing the world as what it is, like, like the destruction, the consequences for these battles that are happening over here in the human world opposed to the digital world. There is Matt. You know, knowing that he has reason to fight for because he wants, you know, to save people's lives. And they're seeing these two frictions. And then we've got Zora, who is still <laughs> OG, petty, useless Zora, um, who's like, I don't know which one to pick because this is important now. Like, screw the battle. Who do I pick? Meanwhile, you got Mimi, who is like living up to her best girl, Ben, sincere. And, like, just, you see people embody their crest, kind of, not really. But, like, Izzy somehow has stake in, like, a company. Like. Okay. So, let's let's go back and talk about this kind of point. Um, it, it's, it's about the conflict between Ty and Matt as they are, as they have grown. And we have seen them grown. Um, this conflict's coming from the, the, the vibe that, Matt feels like we have the ability, so therefore we have the responsibility to do something. Whereas Ty is is seeing the damage and destruction it comes from, like the doing of saving the world, like the cost of of action, like things are being destroyed. And this is and, first time seeing this because they used to fight in the digital world, where you know there wasn't the possibility of casualties or you know deaths and things like that. Or even even at the end of Digimon Adventure when they're fighting in the real world and, you know, uh, Myotismon has, Venom Myotismon even, has, like, wrecked everything in the real world. And it's like Matt's dad has to take the, the, the 
news van to like get them to the fight. And all of Tokyo, at least around where they are, has been destroyed and he's about to ruin the real world. But, you know, as a kid, you recognize the need to fight, but you don't recognize the cost of it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Whereas this is really an opportunity to have a conversation and interrogate that that cost of action. And that's kind of ties conflict, um, which, you know, is very, very real. which, you know, even in this movie, he's like, all right, I have to take action. But at the end of taking action, there's still friction between Matt and Ty about, like, choosing to act. You know, it's like, okay, we got to carry this shit on to movie number two. Come on, man. Damn. But to your point about Sora, you know, that's kind of sets up that love interest thing. You know, we're going to have a love triangle between... Matt, Sora, and Ty. And the question comes down, who's going to win out, if anybody? Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's important because it's something... It's like when I rewatch the OG um, Digimon, it's like, I was always kind of curious. The shipping... I'm not really sure where the shipping of Matt, like, even happened. Like of how it happened because it seemed like it was always Ty. Like, cause we even had that scene in the movie, uh, the OG movie where like Sora didn't come to the battle because she was mad at Ty for throwing up in her hat. And then it was the fact that he didn't compliment her hair or something. It was like, you could tell that there was like relationship. Like there were feelings there between them both. Because at the end of the message, when Ty sent the message, like, what's a few raindrops between friends? And Zora was just, like, emo about it the whole time. But, like, it was, like, this whole Matt thing kind of just kind of happened in the universe. Because I felt like people, like, shipped them together. And it was kind of, like, pandering to the fans. So, Meh. it's, like, because, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know if you recall any instances of Matt and Zora you know, my my last three years are pretty foggy, so I can't I can't begin to tell you. That's fair. I know you're wrong. Um, however, you know, it's it's one of those things that feels like it could be possible. Um, you know, I I do remember a lot more. So if we look back to the OG, um, and and Sora has been captured by the alien monster, like UFO Mon or whatever the fuck his name is. Was it Matt that goes and save her, or is it Ty that goes and saves her? You I feel like it. I feel like it was, it was Ty. It, it was uh, Matt that goes and saves her, and they get a moment where it's like, um, it's an alien alien guy. You don't mean Edamon, do you? No, not Edamon, because Edamon is fucking Elvis. Yeah. Um. um but it was like this kind of space alien brain guy. Hmm. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Um. It was Vedamon. Oh, the machine Digimon. No, I'm gonna link him in chat. Um. But no, there was. I feel like there was a moment where you know Matt's on his bullshit, and then he's like, "I need friends," and he goes and saves um Sora. But anyways, yeah. You know, uh. I feel like it, it's not too far fetched to to ship them yeah. and have this kind of this kind of uh, relationship drama. That's fair. 
Um, Especially because I don't feel like Ty is extra focused on it, you know? Yeah, no, he's... Ty is, we, we see here where he considers the, the wording he uses to text Sora, you know? Um, but it's one of those things, you know, who is the hero of justice here? Yeah, but I mean, I have a hot take about the Digimon ships anyway. All right, cause all right, give it to me. I don't care about Sora and Ty. I don't really care who Sora ends up with, but I want Ty and Mimi. That's the ship that I want. You want who? I want Ty and Mimi. I said it. You want Ty and Mimi? I have. What is wrong with you? Bruh, like, they're the two best. Honestly, Mimi's best girl, Ty's best boy. Sure. Like. Sure. But, I mean, if I just, like, listen, does it make the most, like, sense? No, it doesn't. No. (laughs) But, like, it's what I personally feel like is the jam because I'm like, yo, you've got, you know, and there's things that happened further as the movies go on where we really see characters develop. And I'm like, yo, like, granted, it doesn't progress in the way that I want it at all in terms of, like, these ships. But I just, like, it just feel honestly, besides them being the two strongest characters, in my opinion, and, like, being my two favorite characters, that's really the reason I got. And also when Mimi was being kind of flirtatious at the beginning, but that's just Mimi's character. So, you know. Okay. So you know more than I do, but I kind of like the setup where it's Mimi and Izzy. I mean, it's always been Mimi and Izzy. It'll probably, like, I like to believe yes. in the end canon, which we never truly see if any of the Dizzy Destinies. Besides, I guess there's that clip of, like, at the end of O2, where the only ones that we see did have children together were Ken and Yoli, and I was like, Really? Out of all of them, the one I don't care about, Yoli, is the one's children we see. I'm like, why don't we get to see who else has a child together? But, like, okay. So, wait, no, um, Matt and but, Sora do have children together, I think, at the end of O2. Damn. I think. I don't remember. I could be wrong, damn. man. I don't know. You you could be remembering other stuff. Yeah, I could be. Um, But, no, like, I... I like that the setup is there. Um, you're definitely right that that Mimi and, and uh, Izzy have gone like been like characters tied together forever. You know, if we look back at the OG when you know she showed up on the island with Centormon and and Izzy was there to help figure out the mystery of whatever. Um, yeah, no, definitely, I agree with you. Uh, but my, man, that is a hot take. Holy shit! Yeah, that's my hot take. Is, um, Mimi and 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 Ty, the two best characters, man. How would that work? Just because they're best characters doesn't mean it's the best relationship. How would that even work? I mean, it's it's what I want, man. Like, <laughs> okay, live your truth, bro. But yeah, no, Sora <laughs> does end up with Matt at the end of Digimon season O two. So, yeah, I feel like that's where we're going here. But let we have I don't know. Five other movies plus Digimon Adventure Last Evolution Kizuna uh to get through. Yeah, well we will we will go through that, I'm sure. But um anyway, yeah, there's a lot more mature themes in Adventure Try and like just not relationships. There's like you know, the Joe is dealing with real life stuff. Like, you know, do I keep putting saving the world over like, my own well-being, like, I've seen before, 
that this doesn't last forever and I have to go and like make something of my life. Like Joe is the oh, that's digitested, and he's in the process of going out into the career force or like going to college. So he's in all these exams trying to get through that. And he straight up chooses his exams over going to the call of duty, which, you know, that's not something we can necessarily be mad at him for. I feel. No, man, definitely. Um, well, and that's that, that's that mature themes. That's those, uh, those challenges that are more than just the straightforward um shown in story plot points you know mm-hmm. um like the challenge of you know you as a person making the decision to fight versus the decision to be a bystander and focus on other things um especially when you have the ability to make a change to the ability to act um so this is kind of a, a variation of the same thing that ty is dealing with ty is very much an upfront character in the story and he's dealing with um the down the the cha- like the damage and the cost of acting whereas joe is really dealing with the cost of acting in terms of the impact on him and his future and and that it's it's more of a selfish uh focus you know not that he's wrong for it but it's it's definitely more of a a self-centered focus of the same variety of plot points, which I think is an interesting focus to tell because those are the metrics you see in bystanders, you know? Yeah. Me, some regular dude that is just, you know, living his life. If I don't act, well, am I at fault for it? If I'm not the one who caused the problem? So, you know, that's really that story that's that's trying to weigh and measure. No, I agree. I agree. Um. So, but yeah, as... So after this whole thing happens and we find out that one of the school teachers who has been uh, mentoring kind of like Ty and Matt and Sora because they all go to the same school is a part of the Digimon Secret Service group. And he's um, part of they've managed to get the Digidestins together to fight these Koagamon that have been coming through these um, digital gaps like or they're called exactly. um they're infected Digimon, but they're called... What is the gaps called again? Was it just called the gaps? I feel like it's just gaps, but I mean, I feel like the name of, of the, the wormhole in which the Digimon can come through to the human world. Distortion? particularly plot relevant. Yeah, yeah. But distortion feels right. Yeah, it was just going to bug me. But uh, these distortions in space, which have closed off the digital world to um, the Digidestin, so they haven't seen their Digimon in years. But... Gen 2, Digidestin, still seemingly can go back and forth because they're somewhere in the battle. Like, there's a lot we don't know. Like, Reunion set up a lot of stuff. So, seeing that, like, this is kind of just the first taste of, you know, six movies. Six hour and a half long uh, feature films. So, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot before we get to it. But we're kind of teased with that. And we figure out the stuff that's going on, and we're finding this all out from the Digimon secret agent. And we don't even know when this secret group was kind of formed. It was just like they said after Heightened View and Terrace um, and Okidaiwa that knowledge spread out. Their information, like basically Gemini or Gennai, like as he's Gennai, yeah. um, 
perpetrated all this, like gave the information to set up Perpetrated? <laughs> yeah, basically. Perpetrated? Lord of mercy. He put out all the information out there. Like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't use that verbiage on Ganai. Like, he took care of the Digidestin as described in this film. Uh, but definitely, like, he was the source in the digital world to convey the importance and danger of monsters coming through, you know, across the border of the realms, you know, uh, definitely. Yeah, so that ends up happening. So we have this group who kind of explains what's going on, like they're infected Digimon, and we need your help kind of quarreling them. And the, so the team kind of reunites, minus Joe, um, Mimi has moved back from America because in every storyline, Mimi always goes to America. I like how that's consistent. That's so hilarious to me. Like, it does. It doesn't matter what iteration of Digimon it is. Mimi's gonna be in America at some point. So she has moved back to Japan, and the group has finally come back together. Like I said, minus Joe, and they are forming. They have their Digimon back, and Izzy creates like a safe, like a kind of safe space that the Digimon can kind of hype, like walk in between, like go into the digital world and come out of, which is like a way I feel like of modernizing Digimon, like to keep up with the times, because it'd be really weird if they just had to hide everywhere in their disguises. Yeah, because that was getting a little yeah. bit awkward. Um, I mean, I think that the fact that they had disguises still was kind of fun, uh, but definitely you you feel the modernization of, um, you know, how Digimon impact the world as technology progresses. Like, everyone still has smartphones, but they're the smartphones that, like, flip the screen sideways like you saw in that one time in Iron Man as they were trying to sell the LG or Samsung, like, a flip television phone. Yeah. Um... But, like, it's definitely all that kind of stuff. The the technology from an era of Japan that we didn't really see in the West. We went from flip phones to smartphones, and that was it. Um, but, like, to see the advancement and the proliferation of flip phones uh, before they moved on to the, the, you know, slabs of information we have today was really interesting. And But it also, like, dates... The media. Yeah. You know, it puts it very much in a world of 2008 to 2010. No, it's a fun time. It's a, it's really nice how they're keeping that often authenticity in, you know, the show. And so, um, with more of that said, Izzy being the absolute G that he is creates these goggles that can see distortions, which, <laughs> no idea how the science on that one worked, but it happened off screen, well, so we don't have to worry about it. I mean, he's all talking about this electronic interference and, and radiation. It's it's probably, you know, RF, radio frequencies. It's just, hey, read the flow, which, okay, there's your supernatural shit. Read the flow of, of RF frequencies and tell me where the distortions are. Um, That's kind of ooky spooky and, you know, you know fantasy vibe yeah but from like a technical standpoint which is fun true 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 um so we see that and then as you know this is happening as they're going around to find the distortions with the goggles um matt who has been an emo boy in his room playing the synth harmonica with gobblemon <laughs> uh they all meet together and then they have this plan 
to like kind of mush Matt and Ty together to like talk out their differences. And as they kind of like squeal squash thing, because that's like an ongoing subplot is the differences between Matt and Ty and their way of going about things. And both of them not outwardly arguing, but just like arguing by omission to argue. And it's kind of cool that we see that the group, you know, cares so much about each other. Like they're a close family, like, and two of the family members are fighting. So the rest of the family wants to resolve this, but it's not fighting because there's that disdain. It's just there. And I feel like it does a good job of kind of emphasizing that Matt and Ty still care about each other, even though they're arguing, even though Matt comes on really email strong. <laughs> he's just like, I don't even want to hear. It's like, he's like, Ty, how do you feel? And like, Ty's about to explain, but Matt's like, it's been three seconds. I'm done with this. <laughs> like, I'm just like, bruh. Like, so. Well, all right. Right now, I want to take the opportunity to talk about the dub versus sub. Yeah. Um, I feel like some of the timing that we have a problem with or feel is is not enough or or feels weird comes down to the fact that the the dub versus sub dialogue really takes an amount of time differently, right? There may or may not be more wording uh, to convey the same feelings and information um in japanese versus english so like when we you know condense it to english it may take you know relatively short amounts of time on screen than it does in japanese true so that's where those kind of those beats and that kind of um the feeling of unreceptiveness to ty's opinion may come through it may may just be a fact of translation as Maybe that beat felt more real and and more fulfilling and more accommodating in Japanese. Um, I don't know. I felt it was really fun personally to go back and watch it dubbed, as that's how I experienced uh, Digimon Adventure OG uh, the first time. So it was fun to hear the same voice actors. Rip yeah. is used voice actress uh, for the English. Um, I think the English one passed. I don't know. But um, Rip... For Mimi, Anyways. yeah. Mimi's English voice actor passed uh, last year. Was it Mimi? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but still, you know, it felt really fun and nostalgic, and I connected immediately to it. But definitely, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, some of the dialogue throughout the entire film felt kind of off. Or, you know, the timing and, and pacing of the conversation felt uh, kind of rough. But that that's a factor of presumably... The translation, you know. I agree, a hundred percent, man. Like, and it's one of those things where you kind of just have to, you know, take it at face value or try listening to it to a different medium. Like, it doesn't take away too much, but it does kind of. It's important, I would say. But um, it still guys, it gives a over kind of gives an overall like of what is going on to convey the message, and that message is this is all about like. You know, this is the, it's been three years, like, coming back together. So this whole film really doesn't have too much um, besides just the building up of everything. And this is around the time in the film where we meet May, which is bothersome that her and her Digimon have the same fucking name, but whatever. Um, I mean, they do and don't. I mean, May, Mekumon, May, May. All right. 
I mean, you, you've seen more than I have again. But all right, so this was my thing I took away from you know watching this movie was all right. So this is some Evangelion shit. Oh my god! All right, so we we introduce a new character to the franchise as we're retelling it with a name that starts with M. In this case, it's Mako, and Evangelion, it's Mari. Right? You know, yeah. new girl, glasses, important in the story. Um, but you know, Mako, uh, in this show, has a Digimon. Who is May Kumon? Which okay, I'll give you it. Maybe she's a digital human. I don't know how any of this works yet. Uh, I can only begin to guess. But I mean, other than the similarities there, I thought it was in- more interesting that May Kumon was like Maine Coon cat. Yes, Mon. Like Maine Coon is a specific breed of cat which is like big and fluffy and has a lot of fur and specifically pointed ears. So it was like kind of cool that it was a, a main coon mon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than me hating cats. Um, yeah. Like, so interesting thing in try, she is literally like, Oh no, I guess I should say that like after everything. I don't, I don't know. It's she's, <laughs> She's a digi-destined. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Me and Zog have had conversations okay. if she is actually a digi-destined. And it okay. was included that she is actually a digi-destined. She's not just, like, movie canon. Like, she is let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. She's the ninth digi-destined. Yep. How, the, how does that work? You know? Like, like, and that, that's another parallel to Mari. Like, Mari's another, you know child of evangelion shit. i mean if like, we really you know, want to be technical mako it's technically the 10th digi destined because ken the was digi technically Destin. the ninth but he didn't get what his is a, spot until ken what is a ken ken it was the digimon emperor in season two remember like his brother was supposed to be the ninth digi destined but his brother died so it fell on ken because he had the crest of oh, like no. I know you know this. He had the crest of darkness, which was like I mean, honestly, it's been a while since I've watched yeah. part two, Yo, which is why does it she falls have a crest though? I wonder. We gonna see. Does it matter? It's Digimon Adventure Try. I mean Do we even have crest still? I don't even know, man. Like I'm rewatching you this do, part. You do know. You do know. You're the only one who does. Uh but definitely that would be a good question to follow up on, like does it do, do you have to have a crest to be a Digimon Destin? I feel like or to be one of the integral main core, you do. Like, because we've seen that there's Digi Destin all over the world. Like, there's Digi Destin in Siberia, Russia, Africa, France, you know, Canada, Norway, um, America. So, there's literally Digi Destins everywhere. But to be on that core, like, we gotta save the world type-ish, I feel like you have to have a crest. So, maybe she does have a crest, bro. Maybe, like, it's some, like, I have the crest of constipation. I don't know. Like, uh, what? <laughs> what? What? Um, But, no, I didn't think there was, um, like, a world of Digi-Destin. I mean, I guess, you know, because as I scroll down the wiki... American Digidestin, Chinese Digidestin, Japanese Digidestin, Vietnamese Digidestin, Indian. My word, there there are international Digidestin, but why? Yeah, 
because they were in the second season. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> just, so, which is fair. Which is fair. Yeah, but um. Anyway, yeah. No, Mako's the ninth Digidescent for all intrinsic purposes, and she is, you know, a part of the group. Like they take to her pretty fast after they see that she has Mako on, but she's being targeted by Alphamon who we saw at the beginning kind of just, like, be a silhouette, and then we saw his hand reach out and grab the third Kuagamon because he's just broken like that. Um, but this man shows up, and he's just Dr. Disrespect all up in this. He's blasting, like, our champion-level Digimon around. Like, Matt's like, yo, we need Omnimon. We need Unit 1 to beat this absolute unit. And Ty's like, I don't want to get in the robot. And Matt's like, it's getting the fucking robot, Ty. So Ty gives Agumon like the go ahead to, and this is something that I don't like, which is weird because normally people have a problem with Digimon overusing the Digivolution like graphics. But for this, I was like, I don't like how we're just like, just Digivolving in the smoke and then coming out as the next evolution. I'm like, I, I get it. We're fans. We've seen this before. We've seen this a lot. But it's been 15 years, man. I want to see it again, at least for the first time. Give me the, like, portal evolution with the cool remix music with the disc scratching. Like, give me that, you know? Give me change into the world. Like, um, I mean, you're not wrong. But we did a bunch of that to begin with, and especially in a movie format. If we're like the transformation scene was just to take up screen time for like a weekly shown in anime. Yeah. You know? Like it was just to say, we're gonna spend fifteen to twenty seconds on just transforming, and then we don't have to animate anything new. We've done it once. Here's a chance to take a break. We're great. I mean, I get that. I get that. But like in a movie, like, I feel you, you know, like the Digivolution to, um, you know, War Greymon and, you know, where a Garurumon is important, which, you know, especially at this rate, when we're going instantly to Omnimon, you know, like by not showing and giving each of those steps time to be important, like we're taking away from the significance of them, you know. True. It's just, okay, you can be Garurumon, you can be, you know, Greymon, and then you're Ag- Ag- like, then you're Omnimon, and that's the only thing that's important. No, that's true. But equally, you know, we've seen that in Digimon Adventure 2020, you know, like episode one or two spoilers, surprise, Omnimon happens pretty freaking quickly, you know, and then, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Then we don't see him again. Um, but that doesn't forty more episodes, which I'm not mad at. Yeah. You know, I'm not mad that that you know we're taking time to show the ultimate Digimon. You know, yeah. No, he's he's pretty great. But like, but I agree. You know, like if this is the way to show what, like, put your power hooks in the audience. Why should I care about you know anything lesser than this? Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair, and. But yeah, so we get all these slide dev- evolutions to see, um, to basically see 
get them to their mega so they can come together in kind of like form like I don't even know how to explain it. So they like turn into pixels and then they combine the pixels to make Omnimon, which it was like digi DNA. Yes. Except not. Yes. Um, so yeah, they do that. They become Omnimon and then they start having this all out fight between Alphamon because Alphamon, little did you know, is on par with Omnimon and he is one of the Royal Knight Digimon also is Omnimon. So, um, which is basically the giant mechs of Digimon. So Digimon is basically a mech anime when you get to the ultra powerful. Listen, man, Digimon is a shonen. <laughs> it is a slice of life. It is an isekai and a mecha anime. It is. I'll, I'll be damned. It is all inclusive, right. man. Like Digimon is the goat. You are right. And um, it's funny because. You know, a lot of people in America don't know Omnimon's actual name in the Japanese dub is Omegamon. So this was literally a battle between Alpha and Omega, which was really dope. Yo! Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of cut short. And because Alphamon like, you know what? Screw this. And he was like, his target was obviously the new Digidestined Makomon and Mako. So... She had this red, Makomon had this red orb that kind of deflected an attack from a Mega Digimon. And then we see the person in the chair from this secret CIA Digimon organization being like, hmm, it got away. But it pans towards May and Makomon when that sentence is said. So we're like, okay, who are they after? Are they after Alphamon? Are they after Makomon? Are they really the good guys? We're left with all these questions and kind of just a huge cliffhanger at the end of this movie. And it kind of just ends and cuts the scene with Ty looking out into like this destruction of like the fight between Alphamon and Omegamon slash Omnimon. So, and that's where the movie ends. It ends with a, it's a lot darker tone than what we're used to in our Digimon, I feel like. I mean, I would say personally, no. Because Digimon has always had that kind of darker, intense tone True. Uh, compared to other shonen, uh, especially with the stakes of, um, you know, the end of the first adventure, moving into the real world and people being like, like innocent pedestrians being captured um, and harmed. We see that with Mimi fighting, you know, as Mimi and Togemon transcend to the next level of ultimate um, with Lilymon. Uh, but also the fact that, like, the world is actually destroyed. Yeah. You know? But it took all of that to get there, you know? It took all of all of the OG Digimon to get there. Yeah. So definitely this is an opportunity to deal with the same stuff. Um, you know, it is certainly... Um, it is it is focusing more on the intrinsic challenges and, and uh, inner uh, struggles than other shows. But I don't think this is anything new for Digimon. No, you're right. I will I will say that um, it just is like maybe it's just to me it does feel like a little darker like just because sure. in the terms of like in season you know one and two like granted like you know season three was plenty of dark tamers like and even season four like that's what some dark stuff but in terms of seeing Digimon Adventure like our you know OG cast I feel like this is the darkest it's ever been because we're seeing like 
tonally, if not like theme, like yeah. tonally, it's yeah. a lot darker. Yeah. And how about you say this compares? Like, since this is a 15 year anniversary, this is the same cast that we knew and love. How would you compare this to, you know, OG Digimon Adventure 1? Like, do you like it more? Is OG 1 still the best? Like, where would you put this? Just off, you know, seeing this first, like, part, or do you need to see all of it to make your decision? I feel like, um, I need to see all of Try to really make a decision on the overall, like its overall station in the Digimon canon in my head. Yeah. Um, but for a like a first look back to the same group of characters, I think it doesn't like a good job at presenting the characters without having to go back and augment um, other information for the like the series. Um, I'm kind of interested to see where all of this goes. I think that like the relationship drama is a very obvious way to expound, like expound on these characters. Yeah. But I don't think I'm particularly mad at it because like, that's what like it's obvious for the reasons it is interesting. Right. Yeah. So I'm not mad at it. I, I think that, you know, Joe having a girlfriend presumably is an interesting take because then you don't have a parallel uh, with uh, Mimi and Izzy in the same way you do with Ty, Zora, and Matt. Like, it's not another triangle. It's not another competition, you know? Um, So I think that's interesting. But for more Digimon media that is taking, a like, that is challenging our our known characters in ways that are really important. I think it's, it's really interesting and I want to see more and I want to see the parallels it has to other media that does the same thing. No, I agree. I agree. I think overall that this was very interesting. And as a Digimon fan, I will take any chance. I'll get to get more Digimon media. I am very excited to go through the journey of these six movies. Um, plus Digimon lasts with you and with you guys our listeners so stick around as we go on the journey of digimon try adventure digimon adventure try digimon adventure try coming up once once a month here on your typical shonen protagonist of course you can catch all of uh the episodes we have here on your typical shonen protagonist on all your podcasts talking spotify itunes amazon podcast at your typical shonen protagonist and apple or on twitter Yep. Uh, Apple Podcasts as well, which is very important. Um, or on Twitter at your TSP. That's U R T S P. Kai, you got stuff too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads um, or on the other product at Content Breaker or on YouTube where things are happening. Absolutely. Or the other product at Content Breaker on all your podcatchers and YouTube as well at Content Breaker. Um, we will catch y'all next week for more Your Typical Shonda Protagonist. Bye-bye.